Welcome to the first episode of The Tube, courtesy of the Drive Podcast Network. Website is live, it's been live now for three days on the drivepodcast.net. Please, please, please come and visit our website. We have all of our content up there for all of the five different podcasts that are housed under the Drive Podcast Network. You have the Diamond, the Gridiron, the Tube, the News Desk, and the Court. So as, along with all of these podcasts, you also have all of the blogs that all the contributors write on the website, as well as an about section where you can reach us in case you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or anything that you want to share with us. We always look forward to your feedback. Today is the first episode of The Tube. We didn't have one on last week. And on it, to inaugurate the first episode of this podcast, we have contributor for today, Mari. And it's my pleasure to say that this contributor happens to be my wife. So she's going to be joining us. How are you doing today? Really good. All right, so we're going to break down kind of the ending to the Game of Thrones season and kind of react to some of the major events that happened throughout the season and how these kind of ended up being a culmination of things that have built up over the previous five years. And then kind of look forward to what's going to happen in the future and Mari brought in an article from The Telegraph, courtesy of Culture TV, and in it they talk a lot about, not just a recap of episode 10, but kind of an overall big recap over the entire season, right? Some of the major things that yeah. happened. The good and the bad. Yeah, the good and the bad, and then kind of what to look forward, what to look forward to, and then and then just kind of summing up. You get to see what's really cool about episode 10, I think, is that you kind of get to see the culmination of a lot of things that have been happening throughout the entire five seasons before and how so many different storylines are starting now to merge into kind of one place, right? And yeah. so the Game of Thrones fight is really actually, it has its genesis right here. I think it's just what was the Game of Thrones and different thrones is just narrowing down to less and less people. But what I find interesting or kind of scary is we don't know how scary are the people from the north or beyond the wall because isn't there a king as well there yeah and weren't you surprised that this last episode kind of didn't show that much there that's what i'm saying so they're showing the advantages of all obviously cersei and uh danny and obviously now john that he was announced as king and they're all strong characters but i really don't think in my opinion i, I think all three are going to have to unite even though cersei is not such a light-hearted person but i think that's the only way the human race or people beyond the wall or uh, under the wall, I guess you can say. Was it after the wall? South of the wall. South of the wall. The people south of the wall will be able to survive because we all know that the people from the wall or after, what are they? <laughs> north. <laughs> north. Up from and the, down. Up and down. <laughs> the people north on the wall um, are dangerous. And, yeah. yeah. And I think it's weird that... Uh, the show kind of does this. It kind of lulls you into a... I think misdirection is one of the biggest things that the show is good at. Because you think about it, we complained earlier on in the season that this was a really slow season. But really what it was doing is building up that episode 9. But I felt like it was building up a lot and a lot. And I mean, I really did enjoy the last two episodes, but I really wish that there was better episodes throughout the season. But see, then maybe you wouldn't want to... Or it loses some of its appeal, because what makes these episodes so great is that they're great in comparison to some of the other ones. It's kind of setting you up. You know, there's there's not one show that's, like, amazing every single episode. 
because you have to have no. that, especially when you have so many storylines. And I do think that it's interesting that they didn't say anything about the White Walkers in this last one. They're kind of just trying to focus your attention on the three kingdoms here that are going to go at it. You know it. the uncle that saved... Um, Benjen? Benjen, yes, Uncle Benjen. I'm curious if there'll be more walk White Walkers like him because obviously he was already dead or converting to a White Walker. So I'm curious if it'll, like Hordor will come back and be a positive character. Wouldn't that be sad? Well, I mean, he... If this person can identify himself and be a good person, why can't hold door? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what this article breaks down, and one of the first topics that it breaks down, it asks whether Cersei's power grab, how she ended up being at the top, just compared to 10 episodes ago, remember at the end of season 5 how she was like as low as she could get? And the question was, did anyone see it coming? Do you think that she kind of like had this master plan in mind from the beginning? Or did... A lot of coincidences just happened to put her in that position. I don't think it was necessarily her mastermind. I think it's the, the person that was working with her, that scientist. Um, I think a lot of credit is with him. I really thought it was interesting that in the last episode, she comes out like this warrior outfit. And, you know, we've never seen her really dressed in black, not even when her children had died or her husband had died. But this time she had this like warrior attire. So she was sending her president of how she will become a ruler. And she's willing to take down anybody to make sure that she is fine. Including her son, because I think Mm -hmm. she knew that in, you know, taking out his wife, that his son was was not going to take it lightly. I don't know that she imagined him killing himself, but... Even after she finds out that he's dead, she reacts so cold compared to how she reacted when Joffrey died. Um, well, wasn't there like an evil witch that predicted that all your that you'll outlive all your three children? So she was kind of expecting the third one to die. So maybe she's just like desensitized. Yeah, she was desensitized, I think. And I think after being humiliated on the streets and almost being um, summoned to death, she's just already numb to everything that's happened to her i think going through that humiliation of the walk of shame was enough for her yeah what about her relationship with jamie because jamie's kind of like he's always been there for cersei right he puts her above everything and now she's the queen and you kind of see it when she's coronated you get that shot of jamie looking at her like almost like he's slowly slowly falling out of her I don't know of love magic? with her, yeah, or it, um, or he's just disillusioned. Like it's not what he expected, you know. I just thought it, it was interesting that he was back so quickly. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> what about the uh, <laughs> Varys? Like he didn't need a boat to yeah. get all the way to Dorne. <laughs> it was very fast. All of a sudden, he's like, a there's, mermaid. <laughs> there's some things that were just not explained. But yes, I agree. Um, I don't think Jamie would have done the same thing as Cersei, but yeah. Yeah. And then the second topic that this article brings up is a whole Tower of Joy where they have that flashback with Ned and Lyanna. And then you get the making an implication there, obviously, that it's Lyanna's, that Jon Snow is Lyanna's son. Mm-hmm. The question then is, who's who's the father? Well, we know who is the father. Well, you know, based on reading the book, but I'm curious if it'll if follow along yeah. in the show. Yeah, because there are a lot of candidates, right? So if you've never read the books, you could assume that it could be Robert Baratheon. Although, she wouldn't be so scared of him wanting to kill his kid because that kid could be the connection between him and Lyanna that, mm-hmm. that he always wanted. Mm-hmm. 
So that kind of discards him. And then it could also be Rhaegar Targaryen, who was incidentally a sibling of Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the Mad King. Yeah. I'm just curious, when he came back, um, why did the Lord of Light want him to come back? So I'm curious who the Lord of Light... Why was he rooting for Jon Snow? And who... Maybe the person... Maybe the Mad King had some loyalties to the Lord of Light or whoever. But that is coming from a tainted perspective, right? Because we don't know whether we can trust the Red Woman or not Mm -hmm. quite yet. Who, like, came out the first two episodes just to bring back Jon and then kind of disappeared. And then came back... She's always chilling wherever she can find a place to live. <laughs> she it's has, the smartest people she that survive. Such, a, such an easy life. Yeah, it's the smartest people that survive. But the what they're saying in this article here is that that whole Tower of Joy scene was kind of a letdown because they're kind of implying that they we, kind of just gave out the secret like Selena's kid. Well, I think they're assuming that people don't know yeah. Who's the father? And, it, and and people were interested. What was happening in the terror? Why were they screaming? Because you didn't know whether what were the types of screams. Was somebody getting like raped or murdered? And then you would find out it was just she had recently given birth. I guess so. But yeah, I, I to me, I don't necessarily agree with that part. Um, but I'm glad that Bron is knowing how to use his ability of being. What's it called? The Three Eye Raven. The, being the Three Eye Raven, so I'm glad that he was able to go back and see what is the truth, and hopefully he can um, say that his brother isn't a snow, but actually has pure blood. Yeah, because if you think about it, other than Bran, the only other person that would have known that Jon Snow is Lyanna's kid would have been Ned, mm-hmm. and he's dead. But now that so, Bran knows, now it's a good thing. So now, oh yeah, only Bran knows. And just as much as this article kind of bashes that scene for being maybe, for lacking the drama, it praises the scene of the High Sparrow and how his whole storyline of kind of coming into power in the city and the kingdom, how he just, the drama behind him and his death and that explosion is like... I think the death suited him... I think the death suited him perfectly because all of a sudden he was nothing and all of a sudden people fear you and are entranced with your charm and the gods that you pray for and that's great and all and I think the death suited him but I disagree that there were some people I think that shouldn't have died there. Like who? Like Queen Marjorie. Yeah, you were very disappointed with that. Yes, like I... I don't like the fact, and this article does bring it up, is we don't know if she was eventually brainwashed or did she really fall into the um, the high septums or mm-hmm. that's a, I, and she gave her grandmother a note, so I'm curious if she was trying to tell her, like, yes, I'm just following along, trying to abide by the rules so I don't get killed, um, I'll think of a plan, so forth. I'm sad that she announced that, like, no, there's something going on, and she made it almost public, and they, like, um, barricaded her. So if she was just more, oh, I just need to go something really quickly, you know, if she didn't say anything, maybe it would have been easier for her to leave rather than just announcing it. I wonder if... It, so, do you think she could have maybe said all this stuff? Well, no, I mean, Cersei no. said it all up. But here's what's so weird, because if she... If that note that she gave to her grandmother told her that she was playing along and pretending to follow the beliefs of the High Septon, High Sparrow, 
then why would the grandmother leave? Well, she she told the grandmother to leave for home safety. Yeah. Yes. So then. So, so I, then the big question is: Did Marjorie expect this to die? No, I didn't. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think she expected to die, and that's the sad part. Is I don't know if she eventually fell in trance like everybody else, or if she had a plan. Like, and then her death was just so sudden. I I just thought she grew into a character that became significant and important. I was appreciating somebody challenging the queen yeah. or Cersei, and now she's out of the picture. And obviously now her husband. And that just brought us something else up to mind, because if Cersei knew that she was going to die, do you think that Cersei knew that in doing that she was essentially killing her own son? Because mm -hmm. in order to be queen, she had to get rid of Tommen. And I think... That's, I think she loves being in power more than she loves anybody else. But that's so against like the Lannister way, you know? Because Lannister is all about protecting your family. Even Tywin, as much as he hated Tyrion for being an imp and for killing his mother, he still like protected him. But I don't think the they're end. cut from the same cloth. Because like, Tywin was willing to put his son in trial. And, and Cersei wanted the... Uh, Tyrion to be killed immediately. She does. It, she's not the same as a, as the other Lannisters. Hmm. Well, we'll see. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not sure if you mentioned that this was in this article or not, but it kind of ties into the issue of what's going to happen with Tyrion, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because the guy is a Lannister, but he's super faithful. He's he's a Queen's hand, pretty much yes. now. Of and I truly believe that he has true loyalty to her. And I truly believe that he's still truly loyal to the Lannisters. Because remember, Jamie always stepped up for him. And as much as he hates Cersei, it is his sister. I don't think. I think he would step up if anything were to happen with Jamie. Yes, I think that's where his loyalty to the Queen would change. But with Cersei, I don't think it, she, he cares. Okay, so then what about Jamie? Do you think he's going to become a Queen Slayer? Is he going to take up Cersei's cause and knock out another Targaryen? Yes. Yeah, you think he would take out Daenerys? Yes. For, for Cer I think that would be a perfect climax of him. Between like, the two brothers now? Well, no, of him and like the way that he turns on Cersei is by choosing Daenerys over her. You think Jamie would eventually choose Daenerys? I, it's not his character, but I think that he's just so disappointed with the woman Cersei has become, like, he loves her so much, and she, like you said, she loves power more than anything. And, I mean, he's learned, he's learning to be loved by somebody else. It's not like, um, Brianna Tar loves him as, well, as how it seems, and they have this, not necessarily they've ever had a romantic relationship, but they do have this connection and this understanding, um, that is built upon respect, and I don't think respect exists among Cersei and Jamie, and I, and I think that's fundamental in any relationship. Yeah, you're right. So, do you see Jamie turning in the end? I hope so. I think he has a kinder heart, and I think he is more humane. So, I would hope, I would hope so. And he'll end up with Brienne. Yeah, he could <laughs> climb that tree. Going back to the north, the article talks about how happy they were to finally get the Davos. Versus the Red Woman, Melisandre face-up, where he 
he held it in for a while because he understood that they were in tough times at mm-hmm. the beginning of the season. But the minute things calmed down, he went after her. Well, he wasn't certain if she did something directly to the child. Right. Until he found the... The little stag? The, yeah. Yeah. How do you think that turns out? Because I... As much as it's messed up what they did to the little girl, I want to believe that this red woman is really guided by... Is either really guided by the Lord of Light or she really genuinely believes she is, which yes. makes people do crazy things. I think it did affect her because she was, you know, we saw her true character as an older woman and she was a bit frail for some time. Um, even she even judged her abilities during that time frame that she brought Jon Snow back. Like she, she didn't know she was connected to the Lord of Light anymore. So I hope that they are able to find an understanding with each other. I don't think they'll ever be like close friends, but I hope that they can find a mutual understanding because during that time frame that they were working together with Jon Snow, I thought they created a pretty okay team. Yeah, they did. And also, they never really built anything past the story of, was it the first episode where they show that if she takes off her necklace, she's like a really, really mm-hmm. old woman? Like, that has to go somewhere. I mean, clearly there's some kind of magic beyond... Mm-hmm. normal humans there that is that is powering her mm-hmm. but it'll be interesting to see what role she plays when all other kingdoms kind of fight against each other and whether Davos is going to remain tolerant of her because you can't imagine he's going to trust her in any situation and then moving away now from the north and from King's Landing and going across the pond which apparently Varys was able to do in Less than one episode. Yeah, an amazing speed. Even though Daenerys is taking a whole season across the narrow sea <laughs> <laughs> over from from to Westeros. Uh, Dorne is back. So we hadn't seen Dorne in a while ever since mm-hmm. that murder of the king. And now they seem to be agreeing to an alliance, right? With Daenerys yes. and Daenerys. And do you think that they're going to play a huge role? Because clearly they have animosity against the Lannisters because the mountain ended up mm-hmm. killing one of their own. How do you think they played a role in this situation? Do they partner with the North, maybe? No. I think eventually they're going to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and they're just going to get killed off because I just don't see their role being really significant at all. Like... It's almost like they're like, we just want to chill, huh? Like, <laughs> leave us alone. We don't want to mess with anybody. And, like, they're pissed at, obviously, the Lannisters. But I feel once they fulfill that grudge, they don't really seem to have ambition of, like... I think they're happy in Dorne and just yeah. staying in Dorne. I don't think they have ambition to have more than what it is. I think they just want their revenge, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then just go back to, to their land. But I think they are going to play a key role. Like, in really? some kind of pitfall against the Lannisters. Maybe. During the big war. And then the biggest point that this article makes here is that finally Daenerys is getting out of Marine. I feel yes. like she's been... In like three seasons. Like or, three not, seasons. not even her, right? Because she just arrived back. Yes. And then, but I feel like Tyrion, at least, and Varys <laughs> have been there for a really long yes. time. So the show kind of ends, or the season kind of ends with her, you know, leading her fleet of ships. And she's and the one dragons. that's on top right now. Oh, yeah, she's got most men. She's got all the Dothraki, the Second Sons, the Dragons, the entire Shi... Um, Shi... 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 
fleet of ships. <laughs> and she's got Doran. So, but so did the Mad King, you know? The Mad King was on top and he Good. fell down, but he ran out of control. Well, yeah, he also was mad. But Daenerys has a little bit of that in her. We've seen her get upset. I think uh, she still has the sense of having advisors. You know, the she's using Tyrion. She's using... Um, she has almost a whole council for herself advising her. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like almost a strict government before she even has the land, right? Yes. Like, Stuff in place all over. Mm-hmm. So, but it's almost too easy because you, you kind of, I'm sure if you ask the majority of people, they're going to say, yeah, like, she has it all to win, so she's going to win. But Game of Thrones is never that predictable. You know what a Game of Thrones move would be? To just have Dorne rule the entire Where everybody just world. dies. Or everybody just dies. The White oh, Walkers, oh, the White Walkers rule, um, yeah. take over. That's yeah. what I think would Something end up happening. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then the very last thing that they cover here and kind of the very last point to hit all of the different storylines as we all coalesce on one point is how great it is to have Arya back. I was really upset at Arya for a while. I'm not upset, but like bored by her when she was mm-hmm. going through her whole like, you are no one phase. But, like, I, in that little but just like the karate kid, she was going through her <laughs> yeah. Mr. Miyagi phase and all of a sudden she became like totally amazing. A monster. Yeah. And you called it. I remember, I told you. I remember when amazing. I first started watching the show, you were like, Arya's going to like be significant. Yes. And she killed Walter And she Frey. remembered that guy. Remember all those names that she would repeat over and over? That was one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She murdered Walter Frey. She she pulled a penguin on her from, mm-hmm. Gotham, from Gotham. She fed him his own people. <laughs> who do you think? Who would you like to see her kill next? The mountain. Mountain. I I don't think there's a character right now I hate right now. Really think about it, because the one that you hated, Ramsey's dead. Ramsey's dead. The queen. I mean, the queen, of course, but you have some sense of compassion. Yeah. I don't think I hate anybody right now. That's sad. I mean, maybe they'll make somebody more evil and then I'll hate them. Well, I'm trying to think of who has harmed Arya. I know that... Well, they're all dead now. Well, no, I mean, Greg, the, the hound, right? He yes. He was like... He's alive. He was damaged by... For all, for all she knew, she saw, she thought he was dead, right? When they split up. So she might try to kill him again. And she might kill um, Cersei. But that, I don't think, was she on the name list? I think, I mean, yeah, you know. Yes. I mean, Joffrey Killer's dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know where she's going to play, but it's cool to have a really kick butt. Yes. You know, I'm excited. Teenage girl there. Yeah. I think there's another character that made a... Growth and developed as a better character with Sansa. Oh, yeah, I hated her. Sansa was so annoying. Yeah, she was so annoying. <laughs> but it just, her become transitioning from being a girl to a woman, you know, because yes. of her experiences that she's had. Even though she's only, like, what, she's supposed to be, like, 16, 15 in the mm-hmm. show, but so is everyone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, she's she's becoming, I don't know what she wants at this point. You know, she, she clearly is appreciative of Littlefinger's support. But she kind of walks away and leaves him hanging when he asks for, like, what he wants. And at the same time, I don't know that she really trusts Jon Snow. Because if it wasn't for her help, Jon Snow and his troop would have been dead mm-hmm. in that Battle of the Bastard. So, 
I don't know what her hidden agenda is, if she has one, or, or what her objectives are, but I do definitely like her much better as a character yes, now. Yes, I can, I I can tolerate this better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, what, 11, 10 months? Yeah. Until season Now seven. you know how I feel like every year for the last five years. Yeah, like I caught up years. to the show a little late. I've watched the entire five seasons in uh, six months. Yeah. So I never had to wait, and I've had to wait. We finished, I finished season five in, what, September-ish of last year? Yes. So waiting just from September to April was eternal, now from June to April. Luckily, there is a lot of TV. And a lot of different episodes Yeah, this summer. Mm -hmm. So we'll have plenty to talk about on the tube. Uh, Mari will always be here as a contributor. And then eventually she's going to take over and do this on her own. (laughs) And have her own contributors. And that's how the Drive Podcast Network will grow. Okay, that'd be great. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for joining me and for Thank your you input. Thank you for inviting me. For doing the research on that and bringing in that article. Mari was our guest for today. Again, please feel free to visit us on the drivepodcast.net. All of these podcasts as well as all of the blogs and all of the content for all of the five podcasts that are housed under this umbrella will be uploaded up there. We'll be back next week around this same day and time to... Bring you more about what's going on in television, myself and with our great contributor, Mike. So with that, thank you very much. Catch you next time.